0: Welcome to Sunday Worship at St. Matthew's Baptist Church, led by our senior pastor of over 34 years, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Our worship service is made up of three facets, information, invocation, and inspiration. Information consists of pertinent topics that Pastor Gordon would like to share with you to engage and edify. Invocation consists of prayer and preparation for worship inspiration consists of our praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and pastor's delivery of the word. i from mm-hmm. love. The blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, wait a minute, let's get a signal, okay? Dave, let's get a signal, okay? I just... Go. Praise the matchless, miraculous, exalted name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and we bless his name. He's great, he's glorious, he's honorable, and he deserves our worship. We worship him. We bow prostrate before him. We glorify and we magnify him. And we recognize him that there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus. And every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord To the glory of God. Oh, bless your name, Lord Jesus. Bless your name, you're worthy. Bless your name for your goodness. Bless your name for your grace. Bless your name for your mercy. You're worthy, O Lamb of God, you're worthy. And on this Lord's Day, and by the way, we are celebrating our communion, so get your pinch of bread, your little water. And on this glorious Lord's Day, We pay, amen, homage to our God. He's king of kings and he's Lord of lords. And we bless and bless and bless and bless his holy and everlasting name. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. We ought to be saying so. To confirming who Jesus is. And I don't care what anybody else thinks about Jesus. He's Lord. He's Yahweh. Hey, He's potentate of paradise. He's the alpha and he's the omega. He's the beginning and the ending. And if you don't receive him, you're going to hell. And you'll be in hell forever. Understanding that you should have got saved he's 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 all of that and we praise God for him through him and by him now this morning as we exalt our savior this beautiful beautiful morning i want to take time to allow me to thank all of our leaders ushers medical people volunteers who came out yesterday as as we begin to logistically plan our grand reopening on May 23rd. Now, we still have over a month to put things in place, and all conditions have not been answered. And I said that yesterday. We are progressively adding new dimensions. But the one thing I want to say, that uh, we had breakout sessions. I want to thank... Uh, Our our ministers, Reverend Jackson, all the ministers that were here, thank you. Love you guys. Thanks for showing up. You're, you're, You're loved of your pastor. Amen. I know what it's like to be a minister. It's not easy. And thank you to all of our deacons, our great deacons who were here. Thank you. We love you. And thanks for Deacon Ernie Armstead. We had breakout sessions. Tanya, our staff. Alina, uh, Yvette, and 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 all the people from our staff that showed up, we thank God for you. And we had great breakout sessions uh, to discuss our anticipated logistics. Now, I, I need you. I need you, the congregation who's coming back, and uh, people are excited. I ran into a lady who's excited, and you ought to be excited as we. Reconvene, we've been closed a year, 13 months. And as you come in through either the east door or the front door, you must pay amen. Follow the instructions of the ushers and the uh, deacons who will be in place to help, uh, amen, uh, direct you to your seats. That's the first thing. The second thing, uh, as we are exiting, we're going to exit in order. And all facets has not been yet determined. It will be. And the alcove will be for the choirs and those that come to sing. So we'll be adding little pieces gradually on. But let me say this to you. I want to thank God for our church. We have great people, great leaders. Uh, D. Wood with the ushers, Betty with the medical, and uh, uh, Rodney and others with security. We, we're we thankful again for the show, the, show, the show out yesterday. And as pastor of 34 years, I'm pleased. And we're going to do everything right for your safety and your security. We're going to be spaced. We're going to wear masks. We're going to have hand sanitizers. And uh, so God is good. We had a great, great meeting. And I want to thank all of you again for your diligence in this matter. We have one vision one voice, that's mine, and one venue. We, we don't have a whole bunch of voices. We don't have a whole bunch of, you know, if people want attention, this is the wrong place. We're here to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he is the most important person in our lives. So we praise God for that. Amen. Now this morning, this morning, this morning, I wrap up our series on righteous responsibility to the faith, to the faith, to the faith. And I'm going to be dealing with that. We've dealt with trust. We have to trust the Lord in everything and through everything. Truth, and the truth shall set you free. Amen. Uh, We dealt with transference, that when we have problems, we transfer them to Jesus, leave them there. Amen. And uh, trials and tribulations, which all of us, must live through and carry. Jesus said, "In this world, you're gonna have tribulations, but be of good cheer; I've overcome the world." So, so we dealt with trust, truth, uh, amen. Uh, transference, trials, tribulations, and last week was transitions. That any time we go into a transition in life, whether it's marriage, divorce, whether it's listen. Uh, 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 having a new career, relocating, whatever. You have to have a new consideration. You're going to a new place. A new calculation, amen. And listen, a new reorganization. We got to get these things in order. Some people want to keep making changes but not change. And you run into problems. Do I have a witness? Today is triumph. How do we experience triumph? And this is our, listen, our righteous responsibility to the faith. Amen. I'm a stickler for doctrine. I'm a stickler for the word of God. I'm a stickler for context. I'm a stickler for exegesis. And, and, and I don't do a song and a dance. I give the word of God exegetically. And we're going to deal with this theological approach and, 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 and this morning is a very well-known passage of Scripture, Jeremiah 18, the potter and the clay. And let me talk about acceptance. Sometimes I struggle with it. Sometimes you struggle with it. It is a safe, it is a silent, it is a strong. Hallelujah. Uh, submission. God wants us to accept his will. Now let me let me pause because one of our greatest assets as believers is to accept. The will of God for our lives. Mm. I'm pausing. I'm pausing purposely. That is that as we accept the will of God, we this acceptance is triggered by our faith. And it is transferred beyond, listen to this, our feelings. And we become triumphant in our finish. I want you you to get that. That is, God has a direct will for your life. And he wants you to accept it. Not everybody doesn't accept the will of God. Everybody doesn't accept the word of God. Everybody doesn't accept the wisdom of God. That well-known serenity prayer. Serenity means peaceful. Lord, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change mm. the strength to change what I can and the wisdom to know the difference. What a prayer. Mm. Acceptance at times will be perplexing. You become confused. Acceptance at times, will be painful against the flow of your flesh. Acceptance, at times, will take patience. God will make you wait. Hallelujah. Even in that great episode of Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of the Olive Crush, when Jesus was praying until sweat like drops of blood fell off his brow and here's what he prayed he said he said father i pray that this cup will pass from me the cup was death in other words i don't want to die in his 100% humanity but then immediately he said but not nevertheless not my will but may thine will be done. The cup was death. The cup was separation from God the Father for the first time in all eternity. The cup was hanging on a cross, being nailed, being mocked, being spit upon. That was the cup. And and it's in this avenue where we, we enter into this realm of what I call, listen, Jeremiah 18, which deals with, and don't miss this, it deals with the ownership of God. It deals with the oversight of God. Hmm. It deals, hallelujah, with the objective of God. I'm going to stop pause, and Park and go through Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Jeremiah was told not to get married in this place, no kids. Jeremiah was a preacher of doom and gloom. They hated him. They hated him. They hated him. His family hated him. The nation hated him. Jeremiah, if you go back to chapter 1, was called by God before he came out of his mother's womb, sanctified, and God had already, amen, promoted him as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah in 1735 to 1710, uh, Hezekiah had come with reforms. Hezekiah was a righteous, amen, uh, king who came with reforms, but his son Manasseh was wicked tearing down everything his father built up. Interesting. Jeremiah is preaching, amen, to Judah, the southern part of the nation, Israel. Uh, The ten tribes up north had already, 722, gone into captivity by Sennacherib. Listen to the history. Amen the 10 tribes were taken into Syria and God waited for the two tribes down south Benjamin and Judah to repent they wouldn't repent so God sends Jeremiah on a mission Amen and and it's here that amen and this 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 is extraordinary because the word Jeremiah means the Lord throws he throws He was a prophet and a priest. His father, Hekiah, was a priest. They lived three miles northeast of Jerusalem in a place called Anathoth, And uh, that's where the tribe of Benjamin resided. He was a Benjamite. And when you look at the history of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was called at an early age, Jeremiah was the doom and gloom preacher who no one wanted to hear. But he followed the instructions of Almighty God. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, amen, begins this ministry of doom and gloom to Judah and Judah's people. And as Jeremiah, a man, is contacted by God. I want you to look at the specificity. God tells Jeremiah in the seventeenth chapter that the heart is wickedly deceitful above all things, who can know it? In the sixteenth chapter he deals with Judah's refusal to obey him. Then we get to the 18th chapter. God tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, arise and go down to the potter's house. Now listen to pastor. I know you think you know the word. It is there that I will cause you to hear my word. Let me stop Paul's part. Sometimes God's got to remove us from the comforts to get us to hear his word. Sometimes God's got to, amen, replace us, take us out of where we are metaphorically, physically, psychologically. God's got to move us just to hear his word. You can't hear where you are. You can't hear it. You can't hear it. You you got people in the church they, they'll tell you, Oh, I always hear the Lord. I I know his voice. Well, uh your life doesn't pan that out. Get up, arise, Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. It is there that I will cause you to hear my word. Now, one of the rhetorical questions for me is, Lord, am I in the right place to hear your word? Jeremiah went down. We see the instruction. Then we see the illustration. Jeremiah said, I went down there and saw the potter on the wheel. (sighs) Yeah. The wheel was grinding clay that was in his hands. And then God gives him insight. See, Jeremiah, just as this potter can make, shape, break, remake clay, so is Israel in my hands. Oh, no. I want to suggest this morning that as we look at this metaphor of the potter and the clay, and we see this potter and the clay in the book of Romans, when God is talking about Israel, chapter 10, chapter 11, we, we, we see it in other places. God says in his word, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And whom I will, I will hardeneth. Now, now I'm not preaching that, but that's part of this equation. God determines who's going to get saved. Jeremiah says salvation is of the Lord. John chapter 3 said not of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of the will of God. God is the one that makes determinations, not us. Lord, have mercy. It's it's here, child of God. I'm gonna be long before you, but I'm gonna try to give you some insights of acceptance, and I I have to say that I have not always accepted readily the will of God. I've struggled. I know you don't struggle. I struggle. I'm in and out of fellowship. I'm messed up mentally. I am messed up emotionally. How can a loving God dare bring this into my life? I'm preaching. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. That is, child of God, that And and James says, if any lack wisdom as to why they're suffering, let them ask God, but let them ask in faith, and God will reveal it to you. So when we struggle and go to God in prayer and ask God why, by faith, God will give us some indicators, amen, as to what we're going through, why we're going through it, and how long it will be according to his will that we have to go through. Lord Jesus. That is, the first thing we see is that we, we see <laughs> the triumph, that's our theme, the triumph of acceptance to the sovereignty of God in making us and clay what do do you mean by making us well your life and my life fits a puzzle that God has created and every time you get out of that space that God has performed for you to be in the whole puzzle gets messed up some of us are not pleased with God's will So we try to do something else and be something else when God is sovereign in the making of your calling. You haven't been called to do everything. I'll never forget one time I was challenged by some overseers in a national convention. Gordon, uh. Uh, You're being considered for this position. What do you think about it? It was a high position. And my response was, if it's not of God, I don't want it. I don't care about the prominence and the, the, you know, how people see it. I want to be in God's will because anything outside of God's will is not going to work. You, you think you can just drop a husband, drop a wife, get remarried. You, you think you can just move to another place, move to another job, move to another church. You can just think, listen, I'm preaching up in this place. You think you can do whatever you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it, and God's going to bless it, and you are deceived. You got to be in the place. Where the sovereignty of God would have you. And you can't function beyond that. That's your calling. That's your circumstances. And that's going to be some conflict. There's conflict wherever you go. Stop thinking. Stop letting the world fool you and deceive you through TV. You cannot jump out of the frying pan... And think you're going to be blessed by the best of the rest. Uh, I can't leave my marriage and think because I'm running to another woman, I'm going to be happy. That ain't happening. No, oh, I'm preaching up in this place. I can't just leave the church where the Holy Spirit told me to go. Because everybody is running hither, thither, thither and everywhere. you got to be In the place to hear his word. Ah. Your calling, your cause, your commission, even your conflict. All of that is the sovereignty of God as maker. He's making you to fit what he called you to fit. Ah. Let me, let me tell you, at 34 years of passing, and, and I see them come and go, I, I see people always on the move, always changing this, changing that. They're never happy. They're never happy. Because the minute trouble comes, they run. There are people who keep running. They can't stop pause and park and be patient through the difficulties. They keep yearning for something better. They don't like where God placed them. Lord, have mercy. He's sovereign maker. He made you, He molded you. He's sovereign, He's wiser than you. Lord, have mercy. And as our maker, God made me, God made my emotions, God made, he didn't make my sin, he made my emotions, he made my mentalities, he made me uniquely. I'm wonderfully, fearfully, and wonderfully made. I'm unique from you, you're unique from me. We got to be careful when we're giving people our opinions. They got to make sure that they are steadfast in the place where God placed them. And that's why you can't ask everybody for their opinions. What would you do if you were, ah, you can't do that. You better, you better consult God. God's got you there for a reason. And a season. He's a sovereign maker. Go down to the potter's house is there I will cause you to hear my word. And he saw a potter on a wheel making a vessel. God says, Jeremiah, did you get the picture? Do you have insights now? I can make Judah as I sovereignly desire to make Judah. That's why I'm God. I do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and through whom I want to do it. And so, we see the sovereignty of him as maker. He has made us. When I came out of my mother's womb, I had a unique DNA, I don't think like everybody else. I approach problems different than everybody else. I have a different mindset. You know, some people. Why well, won't the pastor to listen to us? Because he's not you. Now, not, that's not saying everything you have to say is not, does not have some merit to it. But you, you got to understand, God knew what He was doing when He placed me here 34 years ago. God knew He was doing when He placed you in that marriage. God knew He was doing when He placed you in that ministry. He's sovereign. But secondly, what we see in this story, we not only see, listen, the triumph of acceptance to the sovereignty of God. And we need to stop, pause, and park and say, Lord, thank you for the place you've given me. Thank you for my part in this puzzle. Thank you, Lord. I don't understand it all, but thank you, Lord. The second thing we see, <laughs> that's, that's his ownership, the sovereignty. We see his oversight. We see the triumph of acceptance, listen, to God going in and severing the marred vessel. The make vessel, the marred vessel. We're all marred. We're marred by sin. We're marred by rebellion, resistance, rejection, rejection. We're marred by sin. So God puts us back on the wheel. And God begins to spin and cut till we become pliable to his will. Lord have mercy. That's what a marred vessel is. A marred vessel is a vessel that still does not meet the objectives of God. We're marred in our thinking, we're marred in our assumptions, we're marred in our opinions. So God just puts us back on the wheel and they had a pedal on the wheel. He just, he keeps making, breaking, reshaping until we become pliable. The word pliable means we we become submissive. Okay, Lord, whatever you want to do. He said, Jeremiah, cannot I do this with Israel? Cannot I keep them on the wheel of tribulation? Can I not keep them on the wheel and I keep remolding that which is marred? Now, let me stop pausing. I'm not going to this for too many other pastors. When I got saved and came out of the world, I had a whole bunch of filth, corruption, amen, in my mind, in my heart, in my will. I had a whole bunch of mess from the world. And it was years, as I said under the word of God, it was years that I couldn't get victory of the venom that was in me. But God kept on spinning that wheel. And God's timing was perfect. So by the time I went to Bible college, by the time I started studying the word of God, by the time I got serious about my walk and my talk and my will and my wounds, God had a perfect picture, a perfect puzzle when he was going to transfer me into an oversight ministry. He had to deal With the marred vessel. You know what God is doing with all of us? We're marred. We think we're fine. You know, we look in the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall. Whose affairs on the wall? The mirror keeps lying to you because the mirror's broke. God said, I got this. You're marred in your dedication. You're marred in your devotion. You're you're, you're marred. And I'm going to fix it. Because whom the Lord calleth, he sanctifies. That, that is, he's a sovereign maker, but he comes along and he deals heavily with us being marred. Mm. How often do we think just like Jesus? How often do we respond just like Jesus? How often do we live and we don't have the internal add-ups of making mistakes and not being merciful? Huh. The Bible says in Micah 6.8, what does God require of man but to do Righteously to love mercy, and to walk humbly before thy God. Can you say this morning that everything you do is righteous? Everything you do is full of mercy? Everything you do is humble, humbly, before God? No. Remark. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We sin by omission, that's what we don't know, and commission, that's what we do know. We sit in thought, word, deed, motive, and attitude. We are marred. We're marred in our motives. We're marred through our mouths. We're marred in our minds. So God puts us back on that wheel. My God. And the third aspect is, listen to this, the triumphant acceptance Hallelujah of God's outcome. God says, I can speak and I can relent to do to Judah what I was going to do, if they just repent. God says, I got your outcome, your future, that if you were dead. See me as sovereign. See me as the one that's going to bring, amen, separation to a marred vessel. The outcome will be mission oriented. I'll give you a new mission. I, I I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that because God is never without mercy. God is never without truth. And 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 it's it's here that the uh, 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 David, David said, "It wasn't until I afflicted that I learned to obey." Amen. And and Job says, "Though he slay me, yet will I serve him." Lord, have mercy. Paul said, "I've learned." Going through some deep stuff I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. I know how to abase, get down low, how to abound, get up high. I know how to eat peanut butter, how to eat steak. I've had it all. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengtheneth me. Stop running out of your place. Stop promoting yourself. Stop defying God's puzzle for your life. He didn't call you to do this. He called you to do that. He didn't call you to speak this. He called you to speak that. He didn't call you to wallow in self-pity. He called you to wait on Him. That's, that's the lesson plan. When I am in a position to accept the will of God. I don't want to drink this cup, but nevertheless, not my will, but may thine will be done. Because my greatest level of happiness is being in the will of God. Joseph was thrown in the ditch by his own brothers, but he was in the will of God. Hmm. Abraham went down into Egypt and lied about his wife when when, 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 when God called circumstances to get him out of there and, and, and even Pharaoh threw him out he was then back in the will of God Daniel was in captivity as a teenager but he knew he was in the will of God The will of God is not always going to be pleasant. The will of God can be painful. The will of God, ah, I'm preaching, can cause you plight. The will of God, He's sovereign. He severs, Hmm. He satisfies. Lord Jesus, what a picture the potter and the clay. That our acceptance of the will, word, and way of God, the wisdom of God, is our strength. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Uh, I know he heareth me. I know he's with me. I know he's for me. I know no weapon against me shall prosper. Even when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon, no weapon. Thank you, Jesus. I'm secure in Christ. He woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. I'm secure in Christ. Ah, He may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. He's an on-time God. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Acceptance. What are you struggling to accept? Some of us are struggling to accept ourselves. Not even you are worthy. We need to let go, let God stop fighting and accept the will of God. Hmm. Right where you are. Stop coming over, playing B, C, and D. Stop planning the future in your mind that you think is going to make you happy. It won't. You know what we discover when people dear to us die? We 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 discover that it was never them. We discover it always has been us. What do you mean by that? And I'm referring to relationships, marriage i'm we i got i'm marred, and me being marred keeps separating me from contentment. that is what a word. God is suffering. Raymond Gordon, before I made you, I called you, I sanctified you. Anybody that attacks where I called you to, I will attack. Anybody who interferes with my processes, I will interfere with them. You, you, you must understand the importance of acceptance. Lord, I hurt at times, I'm perplexed, I'm painful, but I accept your will. You're sovereign, you sever the marred vessel. And God, you always select a satisfactory outcome that if I just hold on and hold out, by and by, May thine will be done. What a word. Our triumph in Christ is to accept his will, way, word, and wisdom and to wait on him. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. Now, as we transition into our communion, praise the name of Jesus, let me say to you that uh, uh, Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, broke it, blessed it, said, take it, this is my body, broken for you. And and on the third surrounding, third rounding of the cup, which is he instituted the communion, so he said, drink all of it, but this is the blood of the new covenant. And as often as you do this, you do show murmurs of me till I come. This wafer represents his body. He died on a cross of Calvary for our sins. Let's all partake together. Take your print, of bread, wherever you are at home. Let's all partake. And as we partake of this bread collectively, we are confessing and admitting and affirming that he gave his body for our sins. And then secondly, let's drink this cup of grape juice or your water, which represents the new covenant purchased by the blood of Jesus. Let's all partake. And Jesus says, as often as you do this, you do show memories of me till I come. What a God. What a merciful God. We are remembering, amen, his death, burial, and resurrection. And you can be saved this morning by placing faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's this simple, ABC, admit that you're a sinner. Lord, I'm a sinner. I believe you are the Son of God, God the Son. Come into my life. I I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were buried and rose again the third day with all power in your hand. Come into my life and save me. They that call upon the Lord, and then read Romans 10, that if you call him, amen, upon the Lord, you shall be saved. Bless his name. Not baptized, not speaking in tongues, not running around the church. Just believe, amen, and call. Praise his name. Now, we had the COVID-19 shots Last Saturday and, and the second shop will be May 1st to the same people who received the first. I'm working on uh, futuristic dosages for younger people, but God is good. Pray for our nation. Pray for our church. May 23rd, 8 to 930 is the first service. 1030 to 12 is the second service. I want you to come back. We'll be mass. We'll have hand sanitizers. The place will be sanitized. We come to worship him in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Jesus, for being sovereign, for severing me as a marred vessel, and for selecting a mission that will satisfy my heart. God bless you. You you are dismissed. We love you. Have a great day in Jesus Christ. Praise God. Did you know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy. To give using this method, search for the SMBC app in your iOS
0: or Google Play Store and download. Then launch the app and click on the Give button. Or feel free to give through our website. Go to www.stmatthewsfbc.org, click Donation, and fill out the St. Matthew Secure Contribution and Payment Form. is miss ray